We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 U.S. Open Picks, Preview, Bets, and the one and done. You want to help out the show? Smash the like button to the episode. Give me your winner in the comment section. And don't be scared now, people, to subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Do you want to get into draws worth up to, I don't know, $1,000? There's a bunch of ways to do so. First of all, just subscribe to the newsletter that is in the description of the podcast and video right now. It's a free newsletter. It's going to be coming out on Monday and Wednesday evening. You can find full details in that, but really what it boils down to is leave a five-star rating and review on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave your Twitter handle and or email address and you're in a draw to win some of those bucks. I'll also be doing a huge Twitter giveaway on Tuesday afternoon with $500 worth of Millionaire Maker tickets on DraftKings for you out there. You'll find the details included in the tweet. So at the PME on Twitter if you want to check it out. All of Fantasy National has been decreased by 20% if you use fantasynational.com slash mayo. If you go check out my research show from Sunday or even the DraftKings Millionaire Maker Pick Show up on Mayo Media Network right now from Saturday, you'll see me walking through Fantasy National. It's where I get all of my stats. It's all the tools, everything you need. And I do want to give a special shout out to a new sponsor on the Pat Mayo Experience and something that I think you guys are really going to enjoy if you live in Colorado at least so the Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by X-Golf Colorado with three locations in Colorado. X-Golf provides the most accurate, fun way to play golf at any time of the day any time of the year, all inside 
that's something where I live that I could really go for. Play one of 45 different courses, including Pebble Beach, Oakmont, Kapalua, Bay Hill, PGA National, and more. You can play for fun, or you can play in a league, or in a tournament. And if you ever just want an awesome place to sit back and enjoy the final round at Torrey Pines this week, well, maybe playing Pebble Beach at the same time, make your reservation now for Sunday with the most accurate simulators on the market. And equipped with a full bar and food options available, you never need to wait for the cart person to come around. Enjoy the new age of watching pros while attempting to beat the pros. Book your tea time using the code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, in the comment section at the checkout and receive a free hour of golf after you purchase an hour. So two hours for the price of one with code MAYO. This offer is only good at participating locations, which include X-Golf Fort Collins, X-Golf DTC, and X-Golf Grand Junction. X-Golf, play, train, entertain. Highly recommend you go and check out X-Golf. I love playing on simulators, especially because, you know, I mean, I love to go outside at the same time, but during the winter times up in Canada, not the easiest way to go. Simulators are where you want to be. Jeff Feinberg is on the line, tweeting out early on a Monday morning that he can't lose at the U.S. No. That's a high bar to set up to. Listen, if no one else is just, I've gotten a lot of followers this morning. It was good for my, what, SEO. That's good. I'm not going to win this event. It's hard, but I've kept it simple. I've been really lucky. I've been luckier than good. But the only things I remember are the sad moments. Like DJ losing at Chambers Bay still hurts more than my immaculate record um, in this tournament. Like that was a low point. That was a low point. That was a West Coast U.S. Open. I didn't have kids yet. My wife was away at a friend's cottage. Uh, she came home late on a Sunday night. And I, it was probably, she must have walked in the house like 90 seconds after the three putt. I was like face planted on my floor. Like you could make a sketch out of me. Like dead. Like dead. It reminded her of, geez, I don't want to give anyone credit who might be showing up any moment now. There was a Chargers-Jets playoff game. There were a few of them. But there was one I was particularly excited for. It was supposed to be a special season. And Rex and those guys punched us in the mouth. And I, my friends had to get me me home. Probably had to pull over so I didn't throw up in the back of cars. But I didn't make it inside my house. They just dropped me off outside my house they didn't like you know they didn't see that i got in i'm not like a three uh, an eight-year-old boy he's got to like you got to the parent you got to see the mom wave at the door and then my my girlfriend now wife at the time came over to check up on me because she knew that was probably a rough night and she found me and my broken glasses in the driveway like just out so i don't know that's i just remember the low point that, yeah. <laughs> there he is. But, but, but no, I've, I've, I don't know. I've had a real good record in this tournament. Here's the difference, Pat. All those picks, like I had them. Like weeks out. Be it futures or on my mind, this was the guy. Um, you know, Dustin at Oakmont, like I called for a year. And uh, Brooks' first one, like a month before, I told his dad on Twitter, you can search for the tweet. You're going to have a great Father's Day. <laughs> and, you know, Gary was great. We had a big future, like huge. Over triple, like mid triple digits. 
And Bryson, we're backed hard. Like, no, we're not worried about anything. We'll play the ceiling. Uh, but I got no vibe. I, I don't know who I want at the top. You could randomly tell me which player, like literally take any of those five or six guys, put them in like a, a, a bingo ball and spit me out a name. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm here to talk through it with you. But if any, no one, you know, it's my, I don't know. I got to pat myself on the back as I sort of was looking through my own U.S. Open notes. Holy jeez. Well, I, I, I'm, giving, here. I'm giving you a special shout out for your record at the U.S. Open, even when you got that pinata pick on Martin Keimer in 2014 Woo! at 80 to 1, where if people don't know what pinata is, it was, I think it was Sports Interaction that was doing it at the time. And they still it, do. It, it was basically like a lotto that any golfer that came up, you got them at 80 to 1. And Jeff spun the wheel and it gave him Martin Keimer at 80 to 1. And then Martin Keimer won. I think he was like 70 to 1 on the real line. But I, I did a couple and I got like a straight amateur you never heard of. You do it with the hopes of like landing DJ at 80. Like there's a chance. It's like breaking a box of cards, I guess. Like you're trying to pull the, 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 the big one. I'm having fun. I'm fired up. I was rattled a few minutes ago. I'm in a good place right now. Let's go. Yeah, if people Let's want go. if people want to see how rattled Jeff was, just stay tuned after the credits of this show oh, as we were recording off. the entire time. I knew it. <laughs> it was good did stuff. It to me too. We do it to you every show, Tim. Yeah, whatever. I knew. I don't, you know what? I'm giving nothing air. So I'm not even going to put air in the tires of what I want to say. Because it would only backfire. Do what you got to do. It's fine. I had trouble setting up a mic, but now my audio is perfect. So thank you. When thank you Pat. when when you speak directly into the mic, it sounds perfect. But I'm going to put some air into other people's tires, including myself. Huge week on DraftKings. Uh, thank you, Garrick Higo, for coming through. Would have been better if my guy, Bo Van Pelt, oh. would have ended up coming through because then I would have won all the bucks. But fortunately, members of the Pat Mayo Experience viewership and listenership won all the bucks themselves and members of fantasynational.com fantasynational.com slash mayo for a 20 percent discount we got the danimal he won 50k paul horton one of the oldest viewers of the pat mayo experience back when it was the pat mayo hour he won 20k nick thompson 2k bones golf won 10k let's see here uh, Irish Mick, 5,000 bucks. Tybo, 2,000 bucks. Richard Bertelson, $1,000. Kevin Burnhill won $8,000. And the big one of the week, the Cash Bros. First tweet since 2016, and it was to say that thanks to Bo Van Pelt and the rest of his roster, obviously, he won $200,000. So congratulations. That's fucking life-changing money. So congratulations to everyone out there who won. I mean, that's 120K win, 150K win, 200,000K win. We got millions of dollars up for grabs this week at the U.S. Open. Jeff, we're running hot. There's only one thing that can derail us after an awesome last three weeks in his name. Tim Andergust! Tim Andergust. That's not my name. And no, there's nothing I'm going to derail, although I appreciate... Uh, you bringing me on the show. Some people bring on guests to inveigh against me on their show without inviting me to respond. So I'm happy to have the opportunity 
to respond to whatever accusations I assume. I only brought compliments. I thought I defended you nicely. Like you I, I sat I, there and laughed and snickered while the attacks and the broadsides continued. I've <laughs> only given you credit. I've way, only given you credit yeah, for yeah. your heater. I Which, really by the have. Way, so it's fine. Uh, that was funny. That was actually one of the funniest shows of yours I've ever watched. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I am looking Thank forward. You. To this U.S. Open, it's my favorite tournament of the year. It's the best golf tournament of the year. It's the truest test of golf when it's at a real U.S. Open course, and it is this week. I'm very excited. So the reason that we bring you on, if people are new to the major shows, is that Tim has a propensity to pick the losers of the golf tournament. So we need to figure out who he's picking and then figure out who he says can't win and then adjust our picks. This needs to be an optimal part of your process in researching the week. So, Tim... Who are the big three for you this time around? So my big pick and my winner and my one and done pick is Dustin Johnson. I expect DJ to overwhelm this place. I uh, played good golf last week. He's hitting his stride. I like Dustin this week. He's my pick to win. Uh, in second place, I'm back in Tony Finau. Oh, California kid. And of course, I think dude, he can well at. Tony Finau is pick number two. Dude. And then my third pick is Stuart Sink. The guy has power. He has accuracy. Uh, you say, oh, well, he's 125 to one. Well, that's half of what the last major champion's odds were. So in some ways, you're getting a short number. Uh, Stuart Sink is playing like rejuvenated golf, and I'm picking Stuart Sink as my third pick at the U.S. Open. Jeff? I have a lot to unpack here. For starters, I um, even on the show on the middle of Friday or something, Pat, or Wednesday night, I said, I don't know how I'm not just playing the Tim Anderson reverse curse card of Higo in, in English at the Palmetto. Like, anyhow, Tim, stay away from Finau. You're already on him. And the thing that I can't get over is you just defended your Stuart Singh pick by saying he's half the price of Phil Mickelson. Well, I'm being a little trolly when I say that. But uh, to say that someone could be 125 to 1 and could win a major, that's too long. I, I think I've always thought that that's a foolish position. And I mean, the last two major winners were not short by any means. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about this. And I, I want to position is that the winner definitely is going to come from the top of the card. And that often does happen at U.S. Opens, although Gary wasn't. But that, that's often right. And I, and I support that decision. And DJ is my pick for that reason. But I think you can absolutely mine value at a track like this from the deeper levels, if you're willing to plumb them. I like your top two picks. Um, I have one of the only bets I have at the moment is a 40 on Finau. He doesn't need any of your juju, but maybe this, if there's any time for you to step on it, maybe. No, look, I've had some bad luck with picks recently. I've been picking hockey picks and I picked the PGA picks and I just kept getting them wrong. I don't know why, but it just kept happening. Now you're on a heater. Don't worry about it. Like, I expect the Canadians to get swept by Las Vegas in this next round. I, I, I guess my only question from, like, is, um, like, I like the DJ pick. You could have picked anybody. Like, what separated DJ for you from the other guys up there? Well, I mean... I'll tell you right now, I think Rom's got no shot. He's a write-off. Oh, not God. only are his odds oh, super short, not only is he unbettable at his odds, he's also unbettable in general. The fellow's coming off of COVID-19. Uh, I, I just, I think you are off. If you did that roulette wheel and got him at 80 to 1, sure, then you've got a nice ticket on John Rom. 
at 10 to one, you might as well take that money and throw it into the fire because it's just as well spent. Uh, I don't know, just DJ's then the second shortest. He's got the power. He's got the gracefulness. He won the Masters six months ago. Uh, he looked really good last week. No, I hold, feel hold, like... hold on a second. He's the number one player in the world, and he essentially went to the, the Bermuda Classic in terms of field strength and came in like 11th. That's fine. That's all I needed to see. I needed to see him play well. I didn't see him win. In fact, I was I kind of preferred he didn't win because I was going to pick him this week at the U.S. Open. Uh, I don't know. I think Tory sets up as a, as a good track for him, and I'm going to take him. And I think that... I mean, when I, I still stand by the position that when he is playing his best, he is the best golfer in the world. And I would take DJ in one tournament to save my life over anybody else. If you're telling me he's going to play his best. And uh, so I'm, I'm rolling with him here. All right. So who are the players? This is the, really the essential part besides John Rahm, apparently who have no chance of winning. No, just none. Uh, Corey Connors played really good in the last two majors. People are all about Corey Connors right now. Sweep him. Goodbye. He won't be there on the weekend. You can say goodbye to him. Uh, Streelman, same way. I feel like as someone who's been the biggest fan of Kevin Streelman for, for a while, I just think he over, he played over his head at, uh, at, at the ocean course. And I expect him to, to be nowhere near contention. Those are the two guys I think for sure. Oh, and Phil, Phil's got no shot here. I know Phil is a California kid. I know that this is sort of a home track for Phil in a lot of ways, but let's be honest. He, he put together four of the most magical days in the history of the sport in order to win that championship by a couple strokes. That's not coming again. You know, that, that, that doesn't happen twice. So I know this is the, the course that is, or the, sorry, the, the tournament that has bugged Phil's whole career. This maybe put a flicker of, of new life into him by winning the PGA championship, but let us uh, face the facts squarely. He, he's not going to make the weekend. Who did you say before Streelman? Corey Connors. I said, I don't. Corey Connors. I feel like all three of those, I don't really know what to make of your ROM. Like I get like from the betting, the straight betting, uh, you don't want to bet a guy 10, 11 to one. A's never won a major. You can make what you want of the emotional highs and lows of Those the last serious disease. Yeah. 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 And, and all that, like that makes sense, but you're like claiming you can't win. He I don't think there's like a, I, I don't, don't think, think that can. one you're trying to reverse curse. No, I just think that's you, but I think your other three picks are all of reverse curse attempts. No, they're not. I don't do that. You I'm do, telling you, you, you do do I, that. What, what, what happened to when we first talked you just about did this? It with the Habs. And when we first talked about this, you said that Rory had no chance to win and Xander had no chance to win. Have you moved off of that stance? Oh, you're right. I did say that. No, I do stand by that. I think Xander's, the people who are putting Aaron Xander's tires because he's from California has played well. Xander hasn't won a big tournament yet. Again, the next big one he wins will be the first one he wins. I mean, he's won a, I, he's, he's won a WGC. He's won the Tournament of Champions, nice. and he's won the Tour Championship. Yeah, like I again, those are the minor leagues of tournaments compared to a major. They're not comparable, and I think it's unjust to compare them. Well, they're I, nice. I, all I'm saying, all I'm saying to you is, all I'm saying, hold on, all I'm saying to you is that you said he's never won a big tournament, and Correct. when you could have just said he's never won a major. That's what you mean. There are big tournament. I mean, there are there are four majors, and then there's the players. Those are the big tournaments. Everything else is sort of like, eh, whatever. Then I mean, why? Then why? Then why don't you just say major? I said what I said, and I stand by what I said. Now, we move on to Rory. I did. I'm glad you brought up Rory because it's true. I don't think Rory has much of a crack here at all. 
He's just, other than that that one win, I haven't liked his form. I don't like the sort of demeanor that he has on the course. I think this place is too tough for him. I don't think he can win at this course. I don't think he's able to overpower it uh, in a way that Bryson, Bryson playing great, Bryson can obviously overpower it. I, I think the thing about Rory is when he gets anxious, he misses his drives to the left. And if you missed your drives to the left, a place like this, you cannot recover. You cannot win. And therefore, I, that's why I, I think Rory, Rory's a bad bet here. All right. Do you have any parting thoughts for the people? Any bets? Like, no hole-in-one. That's always a favorite of yours. Are you going with that again? Not only am I going with it, I am so excited. We're getting plus money to bet no here. Now, I looked it up because I do research for the people. I said, okay, so what happened in, in February at Torrey Pines? And I saw, oh, goodness, there were two holes in one. But they were both by Richie Rurensky, who's not in this field. So the, the holes in one are both used up already from February. And the, the sharpshooter who's got the skill to dunk him here isn't in the draw. So the fact that you're getting plus 110, drive that truck to the bank. You're going to win that bet. Take the no holes in one bet at the U.S. Open. Uh, also, there was a couple other ones that I liked. Golfer by categories. Uh, for top Canadian, Matt Hughes at plus 425 is going to come in. Bet that. I like it quite a bit. Oh, I actually have made a bet on that as well. I bet Taylor Pendrith at plus 650. I don't know who that oh, is. I'm going to join you on that, Pat. I'm about that one. If he's good, it's all the, it's all the stuff I will see on Thursday on Sports Center. But if he's not good, then I won't see a single shot of it. I still probably will. Sports Center. Uh, also, top left-handed golfer. I love, love, love Bobby Mack to win that number. More than Higo? More than Higo. I love, I mean, I just love Higo in general, but now that he just won a tournament, like, let's let's be a little bit, I mean, as much as he should be, uh, you know, she should, he shouldn't be second or third, he should not be first. The idea that he's ahead of Phil to finish higher, I mean, even though I don't think Phil's gotten a chance this week, Phil just won the PGA Championship. Like, I think it's, it's, those odds, the odds in that category seem wrong. And so I think he played great why they're wrong, but I just uh, feel like Bobby Max is as good as any of those guys and you're getting the longest odds on him. So let's roll with that. I actually like that one. Yeah, I do too. But Hideki played great at the, at the PGA after winning the masters. He, well, he did. And then he didn't, right? Like we didn't think he'd fall apart on that Saturday and he ejected somehow. Yeah, I mean, he had a huge, like triple kind of just, that was just a tough, that was a tough track conditionally to stay, keep it together for four rounds for anybody. I mean, even Phil didn't break par on Sunday. Like it was a, that's a different type of tough. Compared to, I don't expect the weather to come huge into play here. No, it's on the coast, it's on the Pacific. Those tend not to be as affected by weather. What, what about but, that? What about that time that uh, Brant Snedeker posted a 69 at this course during the Farmers, and then the wind was so bad that the average score was 79 for the day. And then he well, won. I mean, I, I the Farmers is also in February in a cold period of time, not in the in the summer. So can it happen? I suppose so. I think it's quite unlikely. But this is just a matter of how does the U.S. How much does the USGA want to play with the players? Do they want to make it fair? Or do they want to make it impossible? And I can't answer that question because they don't, they can't figure it out week to week themselves, or sorry, round around themselves. Because the USGA, as we know, don't know how to set up a golf course very well. So what they do, I don't know. All right. Anything else before we let you get out of here? Uh, I mean, I've always got stuff, but I will, uh, I will hold it on that and wish everybody 
an enjoyable U.S. Open week, and also whatever Las Vegas is in the semifinals, you should bet them because they're going to win pretty comfortably. Minus 500. Good tip. Is that all? We will be back with Cust on Friday evening for the Cut Sweat Show. So tune into that. And if you're missing even more Cust, there is a new Cust Corner up right now on Mayo Media Network. Cust Corner 33. Thank you for being on the line, Tim and Cust. Tim and Cust. That's not my name. You're welcome. And that's why now people are saying Jeff is minus money to win most insane. The man who was triggered about a Pringles mascot is calling me insane. I don't want to talk about this. I've got it on my list for the next corner. I'm just saying, like, there are things that upset me. I get over it. I'm a passionate sports fan. I acknowledge I, I might be a little insane. You are here arguing or triggered about Pringles mascots claiming you're not insane at all. People Perfect. can make of it what they want. First, his, he has a name. It's Julius Pringle. <laughs> Secondly, you're the one who told the story being laying on the, on the sidewalk after a Chargers loss with broken glasses. Yeah, it was wasted. I took it hard. You cried week one. The internet has connected us with the latest news, long-distance friends, and funny animal videos. Unfortunately, it also connected us with hackers and cyber criminals. Aura protects you from the worst of the internet, so you can still enjoy the best of it. Like the Pat Mayo experience! Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. You'd want to know that. Aura is easy to set up, and all plans come with $1 million in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. Aura is the new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. And right now, Aura is offering our listeners early access and three free months on a limited time offer. So you got to go do this right now if you want it, because that trial is ending soon when you go to Aura.com slash Mayo. Once again, go to Aura.com slash Mayo to get access before anyone else in three months for free. That is a limited time offer. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Mayo. All right, now that the nonsense is out of the way, let's get to the favorites at the 2021 U.S. Open to see who we are betting. Going to the top of the board, Jeff, John Rahm, coming back from COVID-19. He's the favorite on DraftKings Sportsbook, 10 to 1. Bryson's 14 to 1. Dustin is 14 to 1. Xander, 14 to 1. Brooks and Spieth, both 18 to 1. Then you have Cantley, Finau, and Rory are all 20 to 1. Then you have Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas at 22 to 1. And then lingering just a level below, you have Morikawa at 25 and Hovland at 28 to 1. I have some takes from the top of the board here, although Tim just terrified me saying that both Rory and Xander can't win. And it's especially the John Rom thing. Look, if John Rom wins, he's the favorite for a reason. Then I'm going to have to eat all the money and throw it down the flush it down the toilet because I'm not betting John Rom at like five points better than everyone else who I think is in a category exactly the same as him. So just write him off. You know, Tim is picking Dustin. Let's write him off. 
I bet Brooks and I got him at 19 to one. I think that's the best number that you're going to find 18 to one, 19 to one. I'm in on Brooks. So that's, I loved what I saw from him at Palmetto. Him missing the cut actually helped his number. He couldn't chip. He couldn't putt. The driving was immaculate. The irons even better. That's all I want to see for Brooks going into a U.S. Open. So I'm good with Brooks. I'm in on Brooks. That leaves the choice to me right now, at least in my mind, between Bryson and Rory. Rory has the better number. I have more faith in Bryson, but I think that it's close. Those would be the three guys that I have the most interest in, Brooks the most, and then it's kind of a tie between Bryson and Rory. Like, the only thing that really differentiates them is, like I said, that Bryson I feel a bit more comfortable with in terms of him actually winning, but Rory you get for like four or five points better. What do you think? Okay, very similar go-tos. Probably would have it ordered differently. Uh, I haven't made a bet yet, though, um, in this range, although... I don't know who the white whale that turned Finau to 20 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, the, the bet that I do have is Finau at, at a 40 uh, from a few weeks ago. Um, that's, we'll talk about that in a bit. Like you said, you could like pretty much tell me who to take at the top of this board. Not even you, like a random generated thing. That's my bet, and I would kind of feel okay. That being said, um, there are a few couple that I'm not really interested in. Um, it would be Spieth. Despite some amazing POA statistics, Pat, I don't care. Like at a U.S. Open, it's great for him that Dustin three-putted because he can quest a, a realistic Grand Slam because at these type of current courses, I don't think it works for him. But but for, I, I, I would like to probably bet two of these four, and it's Dustin Brooks, Bryson Rory now I say that that order isn't how I have it because my order is probably Bryson Brooks Rory like neck and neck and then Dustin because I'm just I don't know everything it just seems like you just I guess whether it's Dustin or Brooks you can blind blind, blind bet them at U.S. Opens um, and feel confident doing my bets will be big. They'll be big for golf bets because they're short numbers and it's major championships. So I overexpose myself. So I'm not ready to like rush that decision until I'm ready, but I don't have like the confidence in the decision um, in years, in years past. It's tough to construct a card this way, because if you're going to go with two guys right around 20 to one, as we get to the rest of my picks, then you can't really take anyone in that mid range. But as you kind of pointed out, like there's been a very typical profile of player for the past five U.S. Opens that have found their way to the top. Woodland is an outlier in terms of the odds, but he's exactly the same sort of skill set. And the rest of his game kind of came around that one week, but his overall profile is the type of player that you're looking for. He, and, he putted and chipped like Spieth yeah, with that profile. Exactly. Like you want to, and I thought it was maybe because there's so much made about what Bryson did at winged foot last year, where he was just able, where so few people were able to hit fairways anyway. And he's like, whatever, I'm just going to hit as far as I can. If everyone's going to be in the rough, I'm just going to be much closer to the hole than everyone else and make my approach shots easier. And he putted well, he chipped well, but it was the driving that really put him apart. When Brooks won, you know, he's top 10 in driving for those weeks. Woodland, top 10 in driving. And I'm not talking about off the tee. I'm talking about strokes gained off the tee. I'm talking about driving distance gained against the field that week. Because I went back and looked at Pebble Beach, and I spelled this out in my column and on Sunday's research show. 
that even at a shorter U.S. Open, like Pebble Beach, driving distance gained on the field was still the key element because these fairways are so narrow. And I don't think that the USGA is going to change it up all that much this year. You can expect thinner fairways than you're used to at the Farmers. It's going to be a completely different setup than the Farmers. Maybe you get lucky because this time of year, the Kikuya grass at Torrey Pines could give you some elevated shots in the rough if you're lucky. But if it's buried, you're absolutely screwed. So you still want to be as close to the hole as possible. For me, with any of my picks this week, if you're not going to be able to gain on the field, by a pretty comfortable margin in terms of driving distance. I just, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, I love Webb Simpson this week. I love Tyrrell Hatton this week. I love Jordan Spieth this week. But their path to winning this event is just so much more difficult than the guys that hit it 330 off the tee. It just is at this specific event. You are 100% right. Um, As you sort of said, as we sort of, okay. The USGA is giving us a profile and they literally are telling us, keep it simple. Like, keep it simple. Like, don't overthink these events. The best players are winning them. The outlier has to still have that skill and putt like Spieth. The one concern I do have, Pat, is I don't know whether they're just telling these shorter hitters to, like, glad hand them in the lead up to the event. But now there's these, these rumors of the gradual rough. No, no, hold on, like hold on, hold rough. on, hold on. This, this came from... Uh, Tesori and to, Tour to, Junkies. Yeah, Tesori right? was talking to David and Pat on the Tour Junkies podcast that there were potential rumors that what they were going to do is stagger the rough, that it would be longer the closer you got to the green. But that's not actually going to happen. <laughs> okay, good. I, I assume, like, they can't do, like, my first reaction is, they can't do that. Like, literally, I think I said it out loud, like, reading people talking about it. I think that they can do it, and we might see that in coming years. And I do think it's a good way to combat what we're talking about and kind of how Bryson, he didn't break the U.S. Open. He still played fantastically compared to everyone else. Like, it's a bit of a misnomer, just his strategy was so much better than everyone else's. Matthew Wolf used the exact same strategy, and that's why he came in second at that U.S. Open. The difference was... Bryson was able to get it up and down and make those 10-foot putts when needed. You still need the rest of your game. If not, Cameron Champ is going to win the U.S. Open, which he is not going to win the U.S. Open because the rest of his game is just so horrible. Although, he does have Spieth-type putting weeks like once a year. I mean, here's the thing. They... I forgot what I wanted to say. Anyway, I'm not worried about the gradual rough. Until the USGA proves... That it's going to be something different. Uh, why would I deviate what my strategy is going to be for the U.S. Open? Like if it turns Bryson out, was still just six under, like, and there yeah. he was the only and, and player under par by, for the by tournament. Six shots like that six under is an impressive performance, considering no other player was under par. No, I'm not trying, but I'm saying like to me that's a totally fine winning score for the U.S. Open. To me, that still shows me what we believe the integrity of the U.S. Open is about like is still exists you know other than when aaron hills they went and the wind never blew and and brooks put up that crazy number like it's always plausible to me that one of these really great players is gonna play really great and they can shoot like do what rory did in the u.s open or what bryson did um so when one guy breaks it like i don't think anything was wrong or broken with what they tried to do and I'm just surprised to see this close to the event that there's rumors they're going to try to do it again. To me, that's just sort of like, 
the guys, the organizers don't want to have the annoying conversations with those players like weeks out. They're like, once we do it, like we'll deal with them. We don't need like, we'll just tell them what they want to hear now. Your Webb Simpson types, no offense, great player, but you're right. It doesn't really um, work for them. And then once we get to the week out, we'll just be like, yeah, we, we couldn't do it. We decided we couldn't do that. Like we can't do that. I, I think you'll, not this year, this I, year. I think you'll eventually see that come in like the, the biggest thing is it's not that they're glad handing them it's just the, with the way that the setup is now it's such an advantage to hit it far off the tee that it gives some of these other guys I don't want to say no chance because you can putt and chip and hit your irons as well like someone like Morikawa for instance is sort of like when you think back historically to the prototypical U.S. Open type player you want someone who's very good off the tee maybe not the longest but they're going to hit every single one of the fairways and then they're a great long iron player and if they make their putts that week then they're going to be excellent that's Morikawa his path to winning that's Corey Connors path to winning that's Tyrrell Hatton's and that's Webb Simpson's but with the way that it's structured right now hitting fairways is just so difficult that even the most accurate of players aren't hitting them over half the time so really what's the difference and until that gets rectified you're going to see the Bombers continue to dominate and that's why those were the three players Brooks, Bryson, and Rory. Now, obviously, the odds are factored in that. Recent form is factored in that. Like, I don't think there's a huge separation between those guys and Rom. Why does DJ not make that list for you? Other than, I mean, I mean, I prefer because he's not playing well. (laughs) Okay. Do you think? Do do you trust Rory's driver? Okay, here's the big misnomer about Rory's driver. Everyone's like, Rory's driver. Tell me, Rory's driver sucked. Okay, no, you tell me what you think about Rory's driver right now. I don't think it sucks. I just think it needs, it's his best asset and I need him to have it when I'm betting on him. That being said, when I make a bet here, I'm betting on your ceiling and I'm taking the 20, maybe because people think that you, your driver is off a little at a premium driving event. But, but yeah, if only the best drivers are hitting it 50% of the time, I guess, giddy up, give it to me. I'm ready to talk through it because Rory's been the one that's been staring at me the longest at this moment i'll tell you the what you're saying isn't wrong that his driver is off it's off for rory he's not gaining the most strokes off the tee of any player and you're right that is his bread and butter it's been kind of a flip where he was struggling with his irons being very pedestrian with his irons he's now i mean over his past three events including his win including memorial including the pga championship He's been over four strokes gained on the field with his approach shots, which is new for him. Like that's peak Rory when he gets, it's just the driver has dropped off to slightly above average rather than being best in the field. So it's not like it's killing him. He's actually better than the field off the tee. He's just not gaining five strokes off the tee. Like you would expect him to do if he's going to win one of these events. But I do feel like he can figure that part out. It's the iron part that I thought that you know, it's so hit or miss with him, but now he's putting together consistent, tournaments of great approach shots that he just needs to get it all onto the same page like happened at the wells fargo then all of a sudden he's your winner yeah very well said thank you for sort of reining me in back like no rory is driving it fine it's just like rory rory but guess what rory rory you're paying 13 to 1 for like i guess drafting he that's what he was a month ago at the other major so i'm ready to probably do this at 20 We've talked about the driving pat. The other like main thing for me is I want positive Poena green experience. I do think it matters. It's hard when you look at these past winners at the farmer's insurance uh, open. 
A, they're all really class players. You could argue Woodland Leishman is the Woodland of the group, but he he putted like Spieth. So he won on the weekend. Like that's, I guess, what he had to do to, to, main, to maintain it. But the one thing, because their stats, you go to events like Memorial, it's like the guys that win at Memorial, it seems like their stats, their, their approach stats, like it's the same sort of recipe every year. The Tory Pines recipe, you look at how they won, it's all kind of different outside of like incredible putting pretty much. So I don't, you know, so it's something you gotta have some positive vibe on these greens, in my opinion, um, to make it. And Rory has that he's played really well at, at, you know, he's won on Riviera. He's won wet West coast match plays. He's um, remember a few years ago, the year leading into his player of the year, he stopped going to the middle East. He even declined the Irish open to be like, I'm a more of a full-time PGA player. Now that's what I want to do. That's sort of what my goal is at this moment in time. And he stopped going to the Middle East and he's gone to Tory and he's had great success. And I don't really want to overrate or underrate anyone's previous farmers um, experiences. But if you want to bet someone at this number, you got to do it. Just like the people I'm sure are betting Xander can look at his second place a couple months ago and feel um, good about it. Uh, but I don't know, at 20 to one, I'd rather bet Rory than Xander. I know that. And I'm looking at Rory hard and I think that's the bet I'm going to make. And if you're on DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll find Xander now at 15 to one and Rory at 21 to one. So you're getting six more points, which is massive, especially with the amount that you have to wager. If you're going to take it someone at the very top of the board, that that odds discrepancy in itself just makes the decision really easy. If it came down to Rory versus Xander in that circumstance, uh, Rory didn't win Genesis, by the way, he lost to JB Holmes that year, along with Justin Thomas, but Looking at it right now, if you want to know the best per-round players over the past 24 rounds on Poana Greens, you're looking at Louis is number one, Matt Kuchar, Batia, Rom, Bryson, Patrick Rogers, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Brian Stewart, Adam Hadwin, Stenson, Wyndham Clark, Justin Suh, Jimmy Walker, Ian Poulter, Kevin Na, Max Homa, Bobby Mack, Mackenzie Hughes, Sam Burns, Matt Wallace, Zach Johnson, Kevin Streelman are your best putters per round. They're all at least 0.5 strokes gained per round on Poana Greens over their past 24 appearances. I think my card is going to, not so much the players, but the construction of it is going to look like Memorial. Just hit them hard, hit them near the top, and let's, let's give her. Well, what do you make of this, like, next of the favorite range, though? Because, like, you mentioned Finau, you grabbed a good number on him, but the lowest I've seen on him anywhere is, like, 33 at this point. DraftKings has him at 22. He's going to be a popular pick, although Cuss may have reversed all that. But in that, like, 20 range, you have Rory, Cantlay, Finau, JT, Patrick Reed, Morikawa, Hovland. Like, those are all guys that can most definitely win this tournament. It's just funny to see the number next to Justin Thomas and not make that an auto bet. And it's not to say that his skill set can't win here, but I don't think that he has the right skill set to make this an easy path for him. So much will need to go right. And we just know how hard it is for everything to go right for him. I'm just not there. And I guess the betting community has realized in like, at least the lead up wagers, like people aren't there. They they're not willing to bet him. I don't know that he has positive West coast results and i don't know that i trust him 
I mean, normally sometimes Pat, you would say like a bad putter is like benefited by like the randomness sometimes of the POA greens because it's going to also hurt like a real smooth putter. But but I am not. I'm just not there. I guess there's a lot of groupthink going on with Justin Thomas. The fact that it's gotten to 25, like even I had to be like, whoa. But I am so not there that I really didn't even consider it. So that's like a weird feeling too. I saw 25 and he still didn't crack like the other guys that I'm like kind of really about um, here. And I love, I don't know. I could start at 20 and just like pepper like four here. Like I'm not kidding. Like I love, you know, Reed. I try to find as big as I could on that. You know me, like I'll, you know, I'm always got my mind on Victor. Um, so there's a lot of guys here and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be much farther. So this is where I'm happy to bet it. And if I'm wrong, then I'm, I'll let, um, if I'm wrong, I'll take being wrong. Not, I don't mean like not picking the winner. Cause to me, they're still like, you know, trying to pick three of like three or four of the 30 guys I think like can win. There still leaves 27 to be wrong about the odds still aren't on my favor, but I do feel like I'll be right about where the winner comes from. And if, and I don't, that's not a bold statement. And if the U S open gets me, then Hey, it got me. I, this is one I could, I'll be wrong on, but I'm not willing to deviate here. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have the fun Lowry ticket you put out last week and I have my Christmas Woodland, you know, that, that is what it is, but I'm really just going to be tight, 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 tight. So the, the best I found on Patrick Reed right now is a 35. Did you take that? Very tempting. I'm worried I'm going to lose it. So I'm tempted to take it because I know where it is. And I've been looking at it this morning. And Victor's are 28s. And what? Cantley's at 25. You know, I, I, I'm very tempted. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm excited about a lot of these players, Pat. And I'm probably even forgetting someone. And I don't know. It's like any negative thing I say about Xander, I don't even want to say anything negative there. No, I just think like but, but, but the hype is. But he's being the priced. Hype is, he, he's being priced like he's Dustin Johnson because I'm looking at the odds. He's the same odds as Dustin Johnson. Like he's not. Like that's until yeah. he proves that he can win the major and be one of the most prolific players on tour. People will want to bet him. I get why his number is fifteen to one, but at the same time, it should be twenty five. You know, I totally agree with that. But the other part of it is like, people are telling me, no, it's just like Dustin Johnson before he won Oakmont. And I almost fall out of my chair. Like I almost fall out of my chair when people think it's like that. Xander could very well win. The number suggests that. And we all agree he's good enough. And the past resume suggests like it's, it's more if it's, more, you know, like it's more when than if. But Dustin would never go this long without winning. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And Dustin's major, like, close finishes. Xander's got some real good runs. Like, second at Tiger. Um, another, what, second this year uh, at, at this version of it. It's already, uh, to Hideki, was he not? Like, great runs. Second at Torrey Pines. So many runs at it. But it doesn't feel any, anything like it. Because I'll tell you why. If I ask like a hundred of you who the best player in the world is, 
I don't think any of you would tell me it's Xander Shoffley. Before Oakmont, I think a lot of people, like despite no major, might have still said Dustin Johnson. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not here with that. I'm not here with that. And I'll take the other guys at the same price. Is it's it's huge, you know, and raw raw. I mean, we got two guys in some places on 15 to one and under never won majors looking for their first. And in some ways, this might be unfair to say, but to me, Rom profiles far more to like the DJ Oakmont, despite not having any close finishes or heartbreak like DJ. But like I see Rom being a long standing world number one. I see Xander being like really good, but potentially having like a career that's Patrick Cantley's. I mean, Patrick Cantley, I feel like is just as live as Xander is here and someone who plays excellent California golf. I mean, that's the other ROM part that we didn't really discuss. Just the amount of top five finishes that he has at California courses. Cantlay is very much the same way. Cantlay has two wins this season. He just won the Memorial thanks to John Rom withdrawing. It's okay. I don't want to call it a half win because, hey. But even if he comes in second, you'll feel great about him too. Like, let's say he came second to Rom by a touchdown. You think Cantlay's in great form. Oh, exactly. And we saw him play well at Pebble, putt well at Pebble earlier. We always liked him at Riviera, despite some mixed results. Uh, He made a run at the Amex earlier this year with a fantastic final round. Now, those two are a bit of shorter courses, but we don't worry about Cantlay off the tee as much. Like, I think that it's not that we need to, like, throw more respect onto Cantlay's name. It's just I think that Xander should be in the same category as Cantlay right now, like, around that 25 to 1. Yeah, that's, um, that's totally fair. I totally agree with that. I feel like we've said that for a couple majors. Uh, maybe they're trying to protect the placings on Xander. I mean, because uh, they offer so many and he cashes placings at 50% in majors and he just missed a cut. So like odds, like probability says like he's guaranteed to T5 this one. And anything negative I say about Xander isn't about Xander. It's just Xander at the number yeah, people on pe- to the Jeff, other pe- five pe- golfers. Jeff, Jeff people like, are watching a betting show. They understand that. You hate Xander okay, Shoffley. Yeah, no, I know, just, okay? yeah, I don't know. I, and, but, but I've seen it today. Like, I saw someone, like, post who I like on golf Twitter, Pat, post that they just made their 15-to-1 Xander bet. I have, listen, I have no problem with that. If you think that Xander is going to win, bet on him to win. It doesn't really matter what the odds are. 15 to one is still a good number for a winner. It's just, I think value wise and how I rate all the golfers next to each other. I just think I'm getting a better price on very similar guys with more of a track record, especially in these events. And Xander has top six finishes in every single U S open he's ever been in. But if I can get Brooks for three points less, I mean, the guy's won two of the past four. And just like I said, if I, played like like i said had the bingo thing rolled me out who i was gonna pick and it came of these like top six seven guys and it said no you you have to bet xander i wouldn't like frown about it why why are you why are you so so scared of like xander shoffley twitter coming at you just say i don't think he's gonna win i think i think his odds are bad no i'm not going to bet not the no that's not what i'm about you're you're hedging your way out of this and like backtrack you're pulling a cust no that's not what i mean because i bet him at the pga And I bet him at Memorial. So like part of me is just like, I don't know, for peace of mind, just bet him again. But when I bet him at Memorial, I was like, I'm not going to stick with this. I just, I just don't want to stick with it at the U S open. I'm not hedging about it. If he wins, I'm not surprised. And I'd be happy. And guess what? If he won outside of like a bet, like if him or Rom won, like I'm not betting them, but 
they would like the sight of them on 18 winning that major balling. I would fucking love that. Like that would get me off. That would get me off. So I got nothing. I'm not trying to hedge anything. I'm just trying to figure out the number, how it got here. And I'm just, I don't know. People bet for places. I, I have just, I don't know. I'm just talking aloud. So if it comes off as me trying to hedge anything, I'm pretty documented in, in all my stances on this. All right. It is what it is. We got to move to the next range. That's going to kick off with Scotty Scheffler at 35 to one Hatton after a second place finish ruined his number. It was up around like 30. It was up around, I think like 60 at one point, but now it is obviously not. It's down to 40 to one. Louie is 40 to one answer and Casey and Lowry and Hideki and Zalatoris all at 45 to one 40 to one that range. Then you have Fitzpatrick Berger, Harris English, Coke rack, all at 55 to one. So that's your 30 to 60. I bet Lowry, but I bet him at 80. You can find a better Lowry number out there. I like Shane Lowry a lot. I don't know if I love him at 45 to one when you can find seventies and even eighties still lingering around. I just like what he brings to the table. He plays hard courses really well. He plays courses with narrow fairways really well. He is having his best approach run like ever in his career at the moment. We always know that he's going to be so good around the greens. He's putting well half the time and he just led the PGA championship in strokes gained off the tee. He's not as big of a bomber as some of the other guys that we talked about, but he's not short either. So I think that he has the perfect style of game to contend at U.S. Opens. He does have two top 10 finishes at U.S. Opens. And, I mean, when you talk about Dustin at Oakmont, he was second that year. He was the 54-hole leader at that U.S. Open. Now, he's already broke through in a major. He has a WGC win, and he's just been lingering at every tournament he's been in lately. Three top 10s in his past four starts. I'm in on Shane Lowry. Yeah, you sold me last week, whether it was in personal correspondence or on the Palmetto show. Um, yeah, I don't know. I played the 80. Uh, sort of, a lot. I, I agree with a lot of that. There's a lot of interesting names in this area. I mean, you know, Scheffler has been live at a lot of big events. I'm not here for this big moment this week, though. But I think if you get him maybe at some of um, the side at a, at a more fair number with the placings, I don't mind that. In this range, there's guys that I've been betting at majors that have hurt me, be it Berger and, and Hatton. Uh, I don't think Berger's ever even made a cut here, Pat, in the Farmers. Now, I don't want to like rate, like overrate. I, I'm not farmers. too, con- listen, I'm not too concerned about the farmers. Like this course is not going to resemble anything how this course plays at the end of January. I totally understand that. I would only argue if like you couldn't take on the beta version of it, like how good are you going to be when you see the alpha of it? I mean, like, well, I, I'm well, not, well, okay, I go, back to, go, go back to your most hated golfer in the world, Xander Shoffley. The guy couldn't make a cut at the farmers until he comes in second. Yeah, yeah, at the same version of it. If he never made, didn't have that second place finish, I would be very worried because, like, you're you're gonna always miss the cut in the beta. He turned it on in the beta right before he's got to play it on the alpha. So I, I don't think that makes the point. I do agree. I don't care to overrate or underrate any um, total pass performance, but like never making a cut here and then skipping it. I don't know. He won the. He won shortly after at Pebble. Um, you mentioned Louie and his Poa green putting. I'm just not in this range though. How is it possible are, that the mic is in front of your face and you still can't talk into it? 
because I'm now staring at odds because I'm feeling like I'm going to forget a name. Uh, but there's no one here that's going to have my money. There's really big Hideki numbers I'm seeing. Uh, you know, I feel like he's had some really nice Tory Pines runs, but I don't know. Paul Casey even, Pat. Like Harding Park, I feel like we're getting like 80, 100. He's got some, ama- he's got some great West Coast results. They're going to pull me back in on a 50. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the money. Uh, my money feels like it's allocated with how I want to script my card. Yeah. So I- I- I'm just not here. Uh, of guys in this range, I'm seeing different numbers. So like Burger, Hatton, and Scheffler, you can still find at 50 in other places. You can find Webb Simpson. Actually, he's down at 60 anyway. But like Scheffler at 50, Lowry at 60, Louie at 60, like Casey at 65. Those are just better numbers. You can find the deeper numbers on some of these guys out there. And if you don't like a player's number in this range at this part of the week, if they're 40 to 1 or 45 to 1, like even Louie at 60, like obviously it's a much better number. But you'll see a lot of these books start drifting their odds once they start taking no action on a lot of these guys. Because I think that most people will be in unison with Jeff and I and looking at the very top of the board. Like those numbers will probably get worse as the week goes along and this mid-range will continue to drift as we get to thir- uh, as we get before Thursday. So just keep an eye on that. I want to move to 60 to 100. Did you see anyone in here that you don't hate that you might be chucking some of your money on? Uh yeah, there's always guys in here cuz there's a lot of friends um in this group, Pat. I would say when I did a Friday afternoon show um, Jason Kokrak was a hundred and now he's 75, but the way that he's just been striping it, I don't know. I, I wouldn't hate that, especially maybe if you want to be one of those people taking the advanced placings, um, yo, keep Neiman and his driving distance is quite impressive, but I don't know if you can trust him for this big boy party. Just yet, just yet. I, I, and, I like him, put it this way, I would much prefer to play him on DraftKings than bet him outright to win the U.S. Open. And, well, there's no Ricky Fowler, Pat. There is no Ricky Fowler. So I probably will be invested in some way at, like, the Fleetwood 80s. Like, I probably will. I am such a mutt, but I love the guy. And I think U.S. Open golf has historically worked for him. I I would say yes. I think the results prove that out. He's at 85 to 1 at the moment. Then you have like your Charlie Hoffman's. Higo is now in this range after his win at Palmetto. Connors, Woodland, we have money on at a bigger number. Uh, And would you bet the Woodland at 66? Because I would not. No. No, I wouldn't bet that. But uh, what is our number? I believe it's 125. Let me just go pull it up here. Is it 125? It is Gary Woodland. Yeah, 125 to one. That's yeah, no, I'm. I don't know. That's that's uh, my longest ranging U.S. Open bet. I didn't. I didn't make your Palmer to, to go with that. Um, he also. I mean, I guess you'll, you'll you'll give the case for him shortly. I don't mind that though, because he was popping in a lot of things I was looking at. Yeah, and hey, if you want to do believe into some Tory Pines history, then Ryan Palmer is just he's someone who tends to play well at Tory Pines at the Farmers every single season. If it's a course where you really like John Rom. Ryan Palmer tends to play well as the minor league version of John Rahm in these tournaments for whatever reason. Uh, we know that he's deep enough off the tee and he has complete flaws in his game. But when I saw him at 250 to one in December, I was like, I'm in like, why not? It's 250 to one. Who cares? Adam Scott. 
Okay. Do anything for you, Pat. No. Does he do anything for you? No, but I bet him in February. And he, or was that February? Late January? He teased. He, was like, he tickled the nuts a little bit. Yeah, because he, um, he gained like 10 strokes putting through three rounds. Then he turned back into Adam Scott and came like 13. He, he's become sort of like Sergio in the majors post the win, though, eh? Like, other than maybe one blip, I think, was it a PGA championship? He's really just... I don't know. Like Sergio, he's won that major and hasn't really performed at all in any of them. Uh, how much money is Phil 66 to one getting from you? <laughs> if Phil Mickelson wins this tournament, like Ed Harris is controlling everything. Like that's where we are. That's where we are. There'll be no other explanation about it. I will dedicate the rest of my life to this conspiracy theory. You'll be the new QAnon, but it only relates to golf. To, 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 yeah, I, I can't even comprehend. I'm still trying to figure out the last one as beautiful as it was. Um, 50 years old on paper, 7,800 yards. The guy's just magic. I'll uh, give it to him. I, if it happens again, oh, baby. I, I'm seeing, like, on DraftKings Sportsbook, answer is 45 to 1. In other places, he's down as low as 80. That's a more respectable number. The guy that really garners the most attention for me, and I can make the – listen, I constantly make cases for Cameron Smith and Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to take them here. Uh, although Fitzpatrick's probably a better lean because he's so much better off the tee than Cameron Smith is. Although Cameron Smith's scrambling game is just top notch. If he can ever figure out the driver, then we're going to be good to go with him. But I'll probably miss it this time around because his odds aren't all that great. It's Jason Kokrak. He just paid us out two weeks ago. Doesn't he have the perfect type of game for here? Yeah, the chipping can be a problem, but the putting it's just been so good and the ball striking is so good amazing yeah like and he pounds it should we be pounds it and he's striking it and he's putting and i don't know why i didn't i i like in hindsight i wish i so few players numbers pat we've spoken about it like so few players numbers got worse um two that did were lowry and kokrak like sort of in the last week i mean kokrak just won so maybe there's obvious reasons, but I'm I'm not even talking about like in after his win. Like I think the books reset his number after his win, and the and the hundreds that I was seeing at a lot of places still as I was doing a show on Friday are now gone. So it's been reset a couple times. Um, I'm here. I, I I am for it. Quickly back to the other names that you mentioned. If this course, if this winner, if this leaderboard does play a different way like it is like it's um you would suggest Fitz and cam smith are sort of the guys like obviously reed might be like the elite version of the guy you want if it's going to play a different way or even this way because you trust reed's moxie so much but if it's going to be like a course an event um and you don't want to bet on morikawa at 22 like for you it would be fitzpatrick potentially I think that if this the USGA flips and we don't see the bomber heavy, and maybe this is more of a DraftKings strategy if you want to do it, because that's not going to get my outright betting money. But if you want to construct a player pool of Spieth, Reed, Hatton, Webb, Cam Smith, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Answer, Connors, like that type of player, Morikawa would probably be a part of that list too. 
then you could really make a lot of money if things swung your way because yeah. no one is thinking that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's picking the lane hard, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe potentially. I will say, depending on where you're looking, Pat, uh, Charlie Hoffman, San Diego boy, like he's kind of right there with me with, um, with Jason. And, uh, and guys that I'm sort of, if you're making me pick someone close to triple digits and I got someone just behind triple digits, but I think he could be popular. Yeah. I, I like Charlie Hoffman enough. I, I don't see why he can't play well at this course. It's just something putting Charlie Hoffman next to us open winner. Just, you would have to give me such giant odds on that, that, you know, 80 to one, 90 to one, hundred to one just isn't really kicking it for me. If I'm going to bet on a guy like that, I want him to be 300 to one. And then it's more just like, a, yeah, whatever. I'll take three guys from down there, throw, you know, five bucks a piece on them and be on my way. Like even at 90 to one, like it's a real bet you need to put on Charlie Hoff. And I just, I, amongst all of the guys in that range, like I would still rather bet Justin Rose to win this specific event. Now, Charlie might beat Justin Rose in this event seven times out of 10. But if you ask me between them, which one's going to win? I would still think it's Justin Rose. You are probably right. That's probably very well. Um, that's probably very well said. And then when you're back in this range, thinking about throwing some shekels, just remind like how perfect like you kind of said it off the top, even for like Hatton or Fitz, how perfect things will have to go for them to like, if the USGA does what it's, it's been doing to hold their own. And if you want to know how perfect, just close your eyes and think of Gary Woodland. Like you're just going to have to be perfect because he nearly freaking freaking was. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement in mid-July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this. Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction-activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all-day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp stuck to broil. And it's available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents. Dry ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank and with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable you'll last longer in the heat and your t-shirts will too if your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna pick up a stick of duke cannon dry ice cooling antiperspirant it'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake without the risk of frostbite to your undercarriage Visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, for 10% off your next order. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. Once again, DukeCannon.com, promo code MAYO, for 10% off your next order. Let's be honest, you're not getting as good a sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, you're not alone. More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. I'm not American, but I can report that I don't get enough sleep, or I sleep too long, or can't get to sleep. But at Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows and would like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. 
by taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root or jujube fruit, Dreams is the perfect blend for the perfect sleep. So go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO for 15% off. Let's go to the bomb range, above 100 to 1. I got some plays from down here, so I'll run through who I like so far that I have wagered money on, and we can kind of backtrack from there. So from November, Gary Woodland at 125 to 1, Ryan Palmer with the each way at 250 to 1. I played Taylor Pendrith at 500 to 1 with a top 8 each way. I played Wyndham Clark 750 to 1 with a top 8 each way, Uh, and I actually did play a very, like, Seriously, I think that Matt Wallace can win this, and I bet him at 150 to 1 with that top eight placings as well. I like Matt Wallace this week. Uh, you know, I always like Matt Wallace, and on these long, extra hard courses, this is where you kind of want your money on Matt Wallace. Um, and in sort of having some work I'll have to do, and, you know, just pick, you know, give me an over 100 winner. Um, Matt Wallace would be a guy I'd be looking at, and just over 100, Pat. I mean, just looking at him versus the other guys in the range, it still feels like a huge ask. But if you really look closely and break it down, man, Max Homa just keeps showing up. 110 to 1, man. Just keeps showing up. Win at Riviera. Loves classical golf courses. This is, by many standards, by many still consider it a classical layout. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a big number. Like him. Uh, I I'm going to bet it, though, but if I got to find over 100 to 1, Homa and Wallace before getting too crazy, because I'm about Pendrith. Yeah, we're all, I mean, we're Canadian. We're all about Pendrith. Just be low Canadian at six plus 650. We'll be good to go, Pendrith. He is two for two in U.S. Open cuts made, so that's at least a positive, considering he doesn't play on the PGA Tour. The two guys, uh, actually, there's three of them right around this 100 to 1 range that... I, I like, I, they probably won't get my money, but I think you can make really compelling cases for all three of them. One was Homa. The second one would be Sam Burns. And the third one would be Carlos Ortiz. Oh yeah. Ortiz. Yeah. I'll yeah. Yeah. They all bring like- different things to the table, but like you said, classical courses and Burns was so close, both at Torrey Pines and Riviera where he lost to Homa, but they all just bring the driving distance that you want to see here. They're not short players. And that's just going to be such an advantage versus Ian Poulter and hell, even Adam Hadwin and Troy Merritt and Molinari. Molinari, who has a great Torrey Pines record, by the way, is like 200 to one, but versus those guys in this area, like the Todd father is 140 to one. Bazadenhout is 140 to one. Matt Wallace is in that same range. Like the the weird guy who's down here that I found surprising is Sungjae. Is this too too much hate for Sungjae? Like, should he be paired with Homa? Should he be paired with Sam Burns? Is that is that the range that he's in? Because we always thought of him as you know two ranges up in terms of skill, and that's where we had been betting him. But just his performance lately, he's dropped down to that tier, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, his performance lately, it's been incredibly inconsistent. Um, does he have any positive West Coast experiences? I don't feel like he plays all that much on the West Coast. I mean, listen, the guy showed up two years ago at, at 
dozens of tracks he'd probably never played before and played freaking amazing, including the goddamn Augusta. <laughs> so seeing his name pop would never surprise me. I'm not, I'm not there. I guess it just shows, you know, these books. I don't think they're just moving numbers on like a guy's opinion. Like I just, they see like nothing, nothing coming in. Uh, he did, um, he did, that- he did gain 5.2 strokes on approach at Palmetto after a disastrous first round. He rallied himself back. He was 32nd at Farmers earlier this year. He was 12th at the Amex also in California. The year before that, he was missed the cut at the Genesis 36th at the Farmers 10th at the American Express. So he's not a disaster on the West coast by any means. Yeah, no. And I didn't mean to portray it. I was wondering if he ever even you know, just what was what was there. Yeah, um, he's, he's actually never missed a cut at the Farmers Insurance Open. Does his DraftKings number like reflect a 66 to one better like uh, player? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know what he is on DraftKings. I'm just looking at the odds right now. He's 110 to one. Hey, 7,600 bucks. That's like the same as Coke Rack, right? Kokrak and Lowry are essentially the same price. So they're yeah. better odds versus price than Sung Jay is. Right and they're they're gonna be way more owned than Sung Jay. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that seems like if you like you trust the ceiling, play the ceiling. That's that's a that's a big one. I'm I'm tempted to say, like, who would I actually trust to win more? Homer or Sung Jay at this very moment. I mean, Homa Homa has though. more PGA tour victories than Sung Jay M does. Yeah, and home. I mean, look at the the, the PGA result, the Memorial result. Um, just a very, very like great run. Outside of like a really sloppy last hour on Friday at the Masters, like I don't know, he's done much wrong, man. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, it's funny that that we were in on him at the Masters, and he's just a, a very poor back nine to miss the cut from old Mister Max Homa. Anyone else that you seek? Uh, I was talking to Skyler. Uh, Tom and Skyler will have the European Tour Picks and Bet show for the U.S. Open. And they were just talking about some Corn Ferry players, too, because Sky is pretty well versed on the Corn Ferry Tour. He kept telling me, like, Cameron Young is a real player who keep hearing know, that just has yeah. two because we're looking man, remember how well Zalatoris played back in September at the U.S. Open like I think Pendrith who also played well at that U.S. Open can be that guy but Cameron Young might be the one like this guy crushes it off the tees 300 to one I mean why not right because I get the, the top eight placements that's better than betting the top 10 like the way that I kind of look at some of these bombs in terms of the the placement points and that's only if you have the each ways so I get one fifth of the top eight so what's that one fifth of 300 is 60 to one to come inside the top eight his top 10 number is going to be like 22 to one so even if I double my bet uh, on the outright win I still get a better number on the eight I was trying to break this down last time for the PGA championship of why I added some more longer shot outrights it was actually just to play the top eight because I was getting a better number on that versus what I could find for the top 10 so I might go in on him too I might go in on Cameron Young uh, as another guy 10 bucks on Cameron Young with the each way pace, 3600 So if he just gets the each way, we're looking at a $600 win on the top eight finish. Let's roll. I'm in. I've been hearing only like really supreme things about this guy, Pat. And I don't want to like give Tim any credit, but 
he didn't go this far with his praise of Bobby Mack, but how alive do you think Bobby Mack could be this way? You mentioned you liked him as a top lefty. Um, there are a lot of ways I'm looking to invest potentially in Bobby Mack now that I'm staring a little farther at this board. I think that he's a really nice fit. We've now seen him play well at the Masters. He played well at the PGA Championship. We know he has the distance off the tee. I, I just don't know if the experience level is going to be there, but hell, man, we just saw Higo go back-to-back at two jabroni events on the Canary Islands, and he comes over to the PGA Tour and wins. And Bobby Mack has won better events, or has won a better event than Higo has on the European Tour, and we've seen him play well at premier events in America now, too. I don't <laughs> see why it's so crazy. The 200-to-1 with the extreme placings? <sighs> It, rem- know, yeah. it, re- it reminds me of that year that we bet Luke List at the PGA Championship under the same guys, 200 to 1, where his top, uh, his top, what was it, his top eight finish, no, sorry, it was, yeah, it was his top eight finish was going to pay out 50 to 1, and, and he hit it. He's just, it's the right type of skill set for the right type of course. I think that he fits well here. Yeah, if you want me to find an each way that's going to pay out more than the guy who's going to win the tournament at 14 to 1, uh, Bobby Mack might be my my like go to the wall pick there, uh, Pat. So, what, 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 yeah, what about your some... what about your boy Wilco? That guy fucking crushes it off the tee. Wilco, Th- that was awesome to uh, to to see any part of. That is so cool. Credit to all. I don't know this whole little South African crew between Higo and I don't know how old Bez is, but uh, great vibes for South Africa. Maybe some new decisions. For President's Cup, maybe I'm going a little far with Wilco there, but uh, Higo and Bez, I don't know how that point system works, but holy bejesus. Um, your boy, West Coast, Siwoo Kim. Oh, of course. I mean, that, that, that's a given that Siwoo Kim is going to get my money at some point. Like, I, I just got to figure out the best way to invest the Siwoo money. So when he shoots plus a thousand on Thursday, that it, you know, I'm not too crippled by it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that last event, he'd been pretty consistent in like not just being great or being horrible. Uh, we kind of had his moment, but I don't know. I could be sneaky. I think people will still like be sworn. I don't know. I think he could be a nice little DraftKings play for me also. Oh, yeah. I think people are. Do you know who I, I think that people would have been really on if the bo- the bomber narrative is really taken over? This week, everyone is talking about it. It's not exclusive to this show. But Brennan Grace, for the form that he has right now at his deeper odds, I know that he's not a bomber, and I think that's what's steering people away from him. But we've seen him play well at really hard courses in the past. No, I mean, I can only agree with that sentiment. Get lucky. We saw uh, Chambers Bay played a little different, right? I mean, it was him, Spieth, DJ down down the stretch hey hey i i I, this is going to be in the newsletter on monday evening i've already started writing it and i went back and actually looked at chambers bay to see if the bomber narrative actually applied and it did outside of spieth like if you go look at the rest of the top 10 on the leaderboard from chambers bay it's all guys who gained a bunch of strokes driving outside of dustin's three putt and tiger trying to quiet a train my takeaway from that goddamn tournament is the amount of times Spieth was like 30 feet away from the hole, but the putt or whatever the stroke ended with his goddamn hand in the air, club in the air, did it again. I already spoke to you at the top of how I was found after that one. 
that's the weird thing about this stupid game, Pat. Like, I, the, why should the the losses always hurt more than the wins? I mean, that's a sign to just like it's not good. But I have it in a good place. But like, oh, gotta like just not care about that loss. Just bother me. You really let the between loss, that you, between you, that you, and his you incident let, you let with the losses Kuchar, you let the losses affect you much harder than I do. I really just let it brush off. Most of the time, I'm good at it. Late, I think lately I have been, but the major ones I think stick uh, stick with me. I guess I don't know. That's why, like, I couldn't. Like, anyone wonders why, like, I was so freaking like in this speed vortex of like get out of my life. It was probably because of that and the Kucher stuff. Yeah, the, from, the, the Kucher stuff was brutal. I hedged out of that though during that time frame when Kucher was then the favorite, and that's why it wasn't so devastating for me. He's not really being talked about this week, though, is he, Spieth? I mean, I'm not jumping back to the top. Or no, is I, he? I I, he's not. I, I think that he actually makes a really nice DraftKings play. But if he's going to be the same price as you know Bryson and Brooks and everyone else at the top, like those guys are going to get my money over Spieth as an outright win. But that doesn't mean that Spieth can't win, like you kind of said. Like I think if he is going to be so incredibly unpopular – he has magic beans, man. He's like Matt. He's like Patrick Reed. Like put Patrick Reed at a long, hard course where he doesn't fit whatsoever. Uh, he'll go out and win. Like there's only a few guys on the planet who are like that. And Reed and Spieth are, you know, maybe two of the three. Yeah. Well, Keimer doesn't have it anymore, but he used to be the yeah. captain of that. Yeah. He was the king of it. He was the king of it. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and am I right? Am I wrong to say this is kind of where it started? Like this, like, holy shit. Like when he did it at Torrey, it was like, okay, is he back? And then he has a great pebble and he played really well at Phoenix. You're like, okay, now he's like stacking events. So like, I'm going to give it to him. Then he wins and you know, he's just consistently great. But Torrey was sort of like the, the first moment in 2020 where we had to like sit up in our chairs and be like, it could be happening. And it happened other than winning a major he's pretty much done everything you could want out of a season. There's one more name that I think that we should discuss because it appears like he's playing and he's 250 to one. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't, but uh, I put my devices away. Or you you don't need to go search it. I'm just asking you. I don't, I don't, you don't need to be looking at your phone. I, I don't know. Can you give me like one more t- hint? And then you can tell me. Sure. Uh, In 2020, he had uh, finishes in majors of fourth and second. Oh, I know who it is. I saw that. He's right beside Bobby Mack. Yeah. At least what what, I was looking at. Is it worth spending 10 bucks to bet Matthew Wolf? No, I'd rather bet Bobby Mack. Are you sure? You can bet both if you want, but (laughs) no, I don't think, I don't think you just find like, no, I mean, he's a winner. Maybe he is that guy that can win with no form. Like maybe we like if he did it again, we'd be like, no, he's he's now got to be this guy. You just ignore form because he could just show up with his golf clubs and and contend in a major. I don't know, man, like forgetting form. He's seen the guy swing a club. No, for me, we have not seen him play since he and Morikawa missed the cut together at the Zurich. He withdrew from the PGA championship. He got DQ'd at the masters after signing an incorrect scorecard. He played one really good match at the match play. Then was finito when he ended up losing to Spieth. But I just, it strikes me that if he's okay, 
then this is a horribly mispriced number because if he was okay, not even in great form, let's just say he was playing normal Matthew Wolf golf, he'd be like 60 to one right now. Okay, I'm not making the comparison to these two players or their accomplishments, but this is like the extended version of this, like not taking Brooks at 50 at the PGA. Like, how are you just not taking it? Like it was Brooks at 50 at a goddamn major championship. Now, now like this is an extreme version of it, but like it's Wolf, and yes, it's a hyper limited resume, but we know he's a winner as 200. Like you can make that case, and I'll be yelling, I'll be like going nuts on the cut sweat show when he's like T2, but I'm not betting it. Okay. I might be able to get there. I just saw Ortiz is 200 to one at the, the placement book as well. That, that, that actually garners some interest, but I'll try to figure out top 20s, top 10s, more of that stuff as the week goes along because there is one place in particular where you do want to play if put it this way if you're betting top fives top tens or top 20s you want to be baking those on bovada and or bodog because they do not have dead heat rules so even if there's 28 guys that tie for t19 you get your full payout on the top 20 just keep that in mind there's so much more value even if you have to lose uh if something is plus 800 on one site and it's plus 650 there the 650 is a better number with those rules in place. Always read the rules of the dead heat placements anytime that you make a golf bet. You can vouch for that, can't you, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. Always read the rules. And then people reach out to us, be like, did the book screw me here? I'm like, no, they, they chopped it. Like, you had to explain it. But yeah, it makes sense. And there are books that kind of just don't chop it. No, they'll, they'll just pay you out whole. And I don't know, man, sometimes in that T20, and guess what? T20 goes all the way back to like T29. That's what, like an extra 30% space. Instead of getting your bet chopped nine ways, and then it's worth less than what you actually even put in, because that's happened. We didn't talk about the Palmetto, but Rasa did mention just on that note, like, it didn't even dawn on me, like, we were on the cusp of a potential seven-man playoff or some shit. I would have enjoyed it. I would, I, I, would have, I would have enjoyed that more. I would have had three guys in that playoff, including Hudson Swafford, Bo Van Pelt, and Tyrrell Hatton. <laughs> And, and I don't want to harp on anything because I'm sure majors will trigger trigger us in and of itself. Did they not show any of Hatton like playing those final holes? Uh, they, they showed him miss his putt on 18 after he flew the green. He missed it by like an inch. He had putts on the back nine. I believe he had six birdie putts from inside 15 feet and he made one of them. He makes one more. He wins. Yep. So that was fun as someone with hat and money. Uh, anyway, let's get to the quick picks for the U.S. Open. Obviously, later on in the week, I'm going to have my final betting card. Subscribe to the newsletter in order to find that. You can also find it up on Twitter as well. When I put in, you know, I might even do first round leaders. But if there's group betting, head-to-heads, top 20s, I can just tell you what I have right now on my card. So from February, all the future bets I have, I have three of them. Shane Lowry, 80 to 1. Gary Woodland, 125 to 1. Ryan Palmer, 250 to 1. That's from the past six months. This week, I have Brooks Kepka at 18 to 1. Big bet for me. Uh, and I'm going to add probably either Bryson or Rory as a pair to go along with him. Those might be my only two bets from before 80 to 1. We'll see how the weekend's up unfolding, but that's where I'm at right now. From beyond 100 to 1, Matt Wallace, 150 to 1. Who else do I got here? Wyndham Clark, 750 to 1. Taylor Pendrith, 
500 to one and Cameron Young, 300 to one. Those are all with the top eight each ways. That's where I'm going. I might just be pushing my chips into the middle of the top of the board, Jeff. Yeah, I totally feel that your big, your big play is on, uh, is on BK. Might be BK and Brooks. Got, gotta, gotta play the narrative street here. BK and Brooks, same guy. <laughs> well, one's Brooks, one's Brooksy. Oh, sorry. Bright Bryson. Sorry. Bro- Brooksy and uh, BK. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to be close. I'm going to pull the trigger on Rory McElroy. I might listen. If you want to talk me into Rory and I think you've done a pretty good job on it, the odds are better than him on Bryson. Maybe I'll go Rory over Bryson. That's, that's the coin flip decision I have to make. But I can also, I can get Brooke Bryson at eight, just like you can get Brooks at 18. I can get Bryson at 18 with Rory at 20. Um, as we sit here now, that's where I do think my brain is going to be. And I have Tony Finau at 40. Um, so that wouldn't leave much left. It would allow me to either play a Hovland 30 I'm looking at or a Reed 35. Well, you do, so I, that, would, I wouldn't even consider Finau as a part of your card. That's like a charitable donation. That's like a tax write-off at the end of the year. You can claim that, I think. That is possible. That is possible. Um, and then, yeah, the Lowry 80, the Woodland 125, and I'm going to bet Matt Wallace and Bobbert Mack. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's pretty cool. But I'm, 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 I like being overexposed. We've got some Kokrak money, some Cantley money, off a of light exposure Palmetto. U.S. Open's my jam. So I'm going to th- – I put my chips in the middle. But much like Memorial, it seems like my numbers, like, for my main picks are going to be very similar. Um, I'm going to play like four guys, well, two guys like really hard and two more like medium hard, to be honest. And if I lose, I'm going to lose a lot. And if I win, I'm going to win a lot. That's how golf betting works. To recap. Well, no, because you can normally actually, that's wrong. You should be able to do golf betting and not lose a lot of money. That's what makes golf betting like great. Although you can like not win for two months like me and you sometimes and it ends up feeling like a lot of money. But yeah, but but then, think, but then you win two weeks in a row, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, and now I'm up money again. This is great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't wait. U.S. Open, Torrey Pines. Uh, personally, I love that place. It's the only major championship course I've ever uh, played, and I see it, and I, so I have personal memories there. And, of course, like everybody, the Tiger Woods memories are just ingrained in, in my mind forever. Um, so that place is magic. La Jolla, California. Love going there, visiting. Yeah, it's like really a neighbor to 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 uh, my heart. So that's what it's about. To recap, who is Anderkurst, if you missed the beginning of the show, with Tim Anderkurst, Dustin Johnson, Stuart Sink. Who the hell was his other guy that he picked? Now I can't even remember. It wasn't Corey Connors. Finau. Finau, that's right. Tony Finau. Not only is he not going to win, he is also Anderkurst to make sure that he doesn't win. So that's rough for him. He also said that Rom, Rory, Xander, Connors, Streelman, and Phil Mickelson have no chance of winning. Yeah, that's a long list. You should you could just make that card. You should, that's your DraftKings team? Whatever. Or like your betting card. Xander, yeah. Rory, who else? Rom, Connor, Streelman, and Phil. Oh, no, that's hard. You got to – sorry, I didn't realize he had so – wow. 
he really just called out th- those three guys like that. That's what he does. Well, and he's so bold. He's so bold letting us know Streelman can't win. Yeah, but thanks. then when you say, but if you put that back in and be like, what are you talking about, man? Finish like fourth at the PGA. Like, well, okay. Did you see him searching for credit on, on Higo winning on the weekend? Okay. That was very embarrassing because <laughs> he, all he did was say something that everyone who like watches this show and follows golf, like, like already acknowledged like two months before he tweeted it. We like Higo cool young player. He tweets it and he thinks like he's, he, it's an original thought. But he picked Harris English to win and then bailed on Harris English and picked Chesson Hadley to win when he was in the lead, but wanted credit for Higo winning. He wanted credit for Higo winning because during the PGA Championship, he tweeted that he liked Higo, who then proceeded to have a horrible Saturday. That is true. I totally forgot about that. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Jeffrey, where can people find you this week? At Feinberg 17 on the Twitter uh, I'll be doing Wednesday night, Friday night on uh, FTN Daily, Jeff Feinberg Show, and my odds checker videos. Uh, and that's where my main final cards will be posted. Outright and props. Prepare for overexposure. I like it a lot. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter. I'll be giving away $500 worth of DraftKings Millionaire Maker tickets over there. In the newsletter, you can find the other giveaways for another $500. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. I will be back on Tuesday with Rick Gaiman as we go player by player, breaking down the entire field at the U.S. Open. If you want early access to that show, it's going to be in the newsletter on Monday night before release on Tuesday. Then there's a live chat. Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network. So smash the like, sub to the channel, and be there if you got any questions. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. All right, bye, Tim. (laughs) I can't wait for football. Like, we're almost in July, baby. Let's go. But we got something else to do. All right, gents. We will talk to you on Friday. Well, I'll see you Thursday morning. I'll try to get there for – what time are you going to try to get there for? Ah, Probably like 7. All right, I'll try to shoot for around seven or so. You can find it this time? Yes, I think so. Brad, you, Brad did the same thing I did yesterday. Yeah, but he's a moron. <laughs> you know that. You're comparing yourself to a guy who's 36 years old and can't read. He also locked his keys in the trunk. I had to drive him home. <laughs> you also think a cell phone charger would explode your car, but I'm insane. It could. It actually could. I read stories. Tim, are you are you All listening? Right. Are you listening to fake news again? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I got I got rattled. Somebody told me it happens, and then I googled phones blowing up, and like there are people's stories, like their phones overheating, like catching fire. Uh, Jeff, I played golf with Tim like a few like a week ago, and he called me yeah. in a panic before our tea time that he couldn't find the place, and then he was just going to go home, and he was like thirty seconds away. Well, just the Google Maps kept this is why you shouldn't trust Google Maps. Google Maps is an unreliable I I, I kind of like it's an unreliable guide. It will steer you wrong sometimes. You cannot treat it like it's gospel. So you couldn't like adapt on the no. fly? No, because I didn't know where I was going and I did the stupid thing and I put my faith in a piece of technology, and that will always, always, always let you down in the end. Listen. Uh, 
I shouldn't say anything. Although I used Google Maps and screenshotted it to Tim, and it was correct. So, well, I used your actual map, like I was driving around with a real map to get there. I should say nothing because you have all that video of me before the show, so I can't really make fun of Tim for anything at this moment. I'll wait for other ones. Good enough. All right, gents, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.